Welcome to Epileptic Rants. My name's Lucas. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. All I'm going to do is get on here and rant. Well, how is everyone doing today? I hope you consider yourself blessed. I know I do. I was able to wake up and put my knees on the ground and thank the Lord for life. Every day I can do that, I consider a blessed day. Well, it's Friday. I was supposed to be moved into my apartment yesterday, but they're putting a new floor in. I'm ready to be moved. I've got everything packed up. I've since been informed it's going to be Monday. Monday will be the day of my official move. So now here I am, living out of boxes, for three more days. I don't mind it though. I've kept out the important stuff. I've got my crock pot in there hot. And I've got some good chicken in it. So I'll definitely be eating good this weekend. I've definitely got my clothes out. I've definitely got all my toiletries out. So, it'll be a clean, full weekend. I've still got my internet on, so I'll be entertained. I'll be making it to church on Sunday. It's just, this whole moving process was going to be hard. And it still is rather, rather hard to deal with. But, again, there are a lot of things that are out of my control. I look at it like I'm blessed that they're putting a new floor in the apartment. So, that's one thing I won't have to worry about while I live there, is the floor falling in or... Any, any sort of mold or anything like that. It's just, I've been stressing this move for so long now. I really don't know how long it's been. I believe it's been about two months. It was before the coronavirus epidemic hit. So it's been a few months. That was when I was first told that I was going to move. Now it's all finally coming to fruition. I'm glad I didn't start packing back then. Then I would have really been in trouble. It would have really been hard. I would have had everything packed up and then would have already unpacked everything at least once. This coronavirus has just really thrown a wrench into all of our lives. I know I'm not the only one dealing with troubles and hindrances in normal everyday living. One thing we all have to do is stay strong and know that an end will come to this thing. An end will come to this pandemic. If we all just continue to keep our faith in the Lord and know that He is in control he is in control of all of this. It is all His will. I do believe 
since I'm going to be moving on Monday, that I will not put out a podcast either Monday or Tuesday because since they've let me keep my internet on over here, I've got to inform them the day I want to get it transferred over there. I can't do it on Monday because I have to be there while the installer comes in and I won't be there all day because I'll be in the process of moving. So I'll have to get it installed on Tuesday. So I do believe I'll miss probably a Monday and a Tuesday podcast. I'm not going to like that because this podcast is a big part of my day. It really helps me talk about a lot of things and express a lot of emotions. It lets me vent. It allows me to rant. And I get to talk to you all, all of my listeners. And I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Well, that's enough of a rant. Let's see if we can find some of that good news to brighten our day. I don't know if this is classified as good news, but it's definitely some good news. Honey may be a better treatment for coughs and colds than over-the-counter medicines a new study has found. Researchers said honey was more effective in relieving the symptoms of cold and flu-like symptoms than the usual commercial remedies and could provide a safer, cheaper, and more readily available alternative to antibiotics. They encouraged doctors to consider recommending it to patients in place of prescribing antibiotics, which can cause side effects and lead to antibiotic resistance when overused. Honey has long been used as a home remedy for coughs, but its effectiveness in treating common illnesses has not been heavily researched. Physicians from Oxford University's Medical School and Nuffield Department of Primary Care Health Sciences analyzed existing evidence to determine how the symptoms of upper respiratory tract infections responded to it. URTIs are common cold-like illnesses that affect the nose, sinuses, pharynx, or larynx. Honey was superior to usual care for the improvement of symptoms of upper respiratory tract infections, they wrote in the journal BMJ Evidence-Based Medicine. It provides a widely available and cheap alternative to antibiotics. Honey could help efforts to slow the spread of antimicrobial resistance, but further high-quality placebo-controlled trials are needed. Researchers compiled the results of 14 studies, nine of which only involved children. Most compared honey with more conventional treatments like over-the-counter medicines. When they looked at studies comparing honey with a placebo, however, the authors were unable to reach the same conclusion as they did when looking at the other comparative studies. They said more research should be done on that comparison. The UK's public health bodies have repeatedly warned of the dangers of overusing antibiotics. In 2018, they said that millions of surgical procedures could become life-threatening if the effect of antibiotics is diminished through overprescription.
since the majority of URTIs are viral, antibiotic prescription is both ineffective and inappropriate, the study's authors wrote. However, a lack of effective alternatives, as well as the desire to preserve the patient-doctor relationship, both contribute to antibiotic overprescription. A large catalog of previous research has proven that honey has the power to kill bacteria. Studies have shown that it is effective against dozens of strains, including E. coli and Salmonella. A specific type of honey from New Zealand called Manuka and Malaysian Tuilang honey have been shown to fight staph and the digestive bacteria responsible for peptic ulcers, H. pylori. And another study of 139 children found that honey did a better job of easing nighttime coughs and improving sleep than both the popular cough suppressant, dextromethorphan, and the antihistamine, diphenhydramine, often sold under the name Benadryl. Well, that's definitely good news. Personally, when I get sick, I tend to overuse over-the-counter medications. So maybe I'll turn to honey. I'll start drinking honey lemon tea or something of that nature the next time I get sick. But personally, I don't think good honey is cheap. I think good honey gets rather expensive. I don't know though. Let's see what else we can find. Here's a good story. It's a little old. I may have read it before, but it's just so interesting. I'm willing to read it again. On the grounds of an abandoned and decommissioned prison in North Carolina, vegetables are being tended by hands that, if not for the opportunity to learn the world's oldest occupation, might have ended up in a real prison with nowhere to go but down. But Growing Change is an organization that believes the best solution to a problem is one that strikes at the root, not at the stem and they have been tilling that soil since 2011. In converting old prisons to year-round farming and education centers, growing change solves several problems at once. The program synergistically brings together young men on the edge of the criminal justice system and jobless, wounded veterans returning from deployment. Recruiting the discipline and leadership skills of the latter to teach and guide the former, growing change creates an environment whereby at-risk youth who need to fulfill long hours of community service can learn life skills, sustainable farming practices, and animal husbandry with an opportunity to receive clinical therapy as well as at-risk youth crisis relief programs in an environment much more suited to young men. North Carolina is one of the last two states in which youth are educated as adults for all charges at age 16, explains the founder, Norrin Sanford. By the time some 16-year-olds arrive in the courts, they are permanently limited in their employment due to their 
adult criminal record. In 2016, the farm in Wagram also began admitting young men facing chaos at home, failure at school, trouble with mental health or substance abuse, to salvage lives before the criminal justice cycle begins. Sanford's model of intensive therapy and flipping their prisons has seen a 92% reduction in recidivism rate among youth participants, while the national average of criminal recidivism is 43%. At the core level, we are instilling hope, Sanford explains to Civil Eats. When hope is gone, it creates a pretty vicious void that a lot of other grimmer things that can get pulled into. And as low-wealth rural America is left further behind, then that vacuum is stronger. We're breaking that stream. Meanwhile, the veterans work toward university degrees in environmental sciences and sustainable agriculture. Together, these individuals, young and old, who may have been on the fringes of society work to rehabilitate abandoned brownfields, land that might be contaminated and must be cleaned before future use, and the prison property decaying into dysfunction. The number of societal areas growing change has the capacity to reform is rare among nonprofit work. Along with the boon to the individual participants' lives, it stands to benefit the North Carolina counties it operates in, many of which experience the consequences of poor health outcomes arising from diets of mostly processed foods. This is because some of these counties have no locally grown produce, a fact that has produced some startling facts about a part of the country most are not familiar with. Wagram's Scotland County is one of the poorest counties in North Carolina with the state's highest unemployment and food insecurity rate. Because the incarceration rate in the U.S. is at its lowest level in more than two decades, with imprisonment among black Americans down by 34% since 2006, North Carolina is shuttering prisons and correctional facilities across the state with dozens of such facilities already closed. Along with offering a collection of buildings to be repurposed into education and art centers, prisons are ideal for conversion into farms because of their sturdy, gopher-and-sheep-proof fences and large open spaces. With the properties belonging to the state in decay, officials are more than happy to consign the land to such projects. The prison kitchen has been converted into a commercial-grade community kitchen where the county will provide food training on preparing and preserving food, while also serving as a classroom for students receiving training in food service and culinary arts, and to offer farm-to-classroom trips to educate children on nutritious foods. The crops produced by Growing Change Farm are also sold to local restaurants, a business enterprise aspect of the project that allows the program to be self-sustaining for years, fertilizing entrepreneurship into the hearts of all who work here.
Wow. Even though that story was long, it was a good one. I copied a link over to my blog where you can watch a video where they're talking all about it. I think it's going to be an interesting watch. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. Well, this has been a long rant today. I'm going to close it out with this. I just thank you for tuning in. I thank you for listening. This is just great therapy for me and it really helps my day go by. May the Lord bless you. And as long as I'm feeling well, I'll post again tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in and have a blessed day.